Cool. <laughs> this is what we've always sounded like. Oh yeah. <laughs> Headshot. What? Oh, it's back normal. Oh, hello. Hey, hey. hey. Oh, I'm Nick Brecken. It's May 11th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 262. I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Hello. Hey, Wizard Jam. Yes, we forgot to mention this last week, but Wizard Jam, the Idle Thumbs community game jam, which is totally self-organized by forum members, uh, started on Friday. We didn't mention it because we're idiots, but it's going on now. Yeah, it's a two-week game jam. It's totally non-competitive. It's just about making games and having fun with the Idle Thumbs community, maybe learning how to make games. I don't know. It's it's great. The theme of the Game Jam is make a game in two weeks based on the title of an Idle Thumbs episode. Um, the good thing about us being a little bit late with reminding people about this is that it has already started. So you can I give a couple examples of, yeah, of them? Someone is working on... Uh, there's a guy on the forum named Dibs who's making a game called Rolling with the Pope. Uh, it's an infinite roller where you play as a pope. Uh, you can the player can choose which pope they are. There are multiple popes <laughs> to choose from. This is a are they good, historical popes, real popes? I don't know. Uh, it, ju- it says each with a unique papal infall ability to trigger. Uh, get good. that pun there. Um, and the world is a circular map that seems to spawn f- fictional or real Vatican architecture that you sort of roll through. Uh, there's one called a person shaped thing is a person. And the only thing they've posted is this totally creepy, like, dithered, one-bit shadow man walking down a hallway in 3D. It looks really cool. It's ominous and good. Uh, Someone is making nasty, good, badass, which is a personality test. (laughs) Where, (laughs) yeah, you're presented with a series of questions, uh, like an online personality test, and you can answer nasty, good, or badass to any of them. There's all sorts of stuff going on there's already like 20 game dev threads on the idle thumbs forum and there are people who are just making like twine games for instance there's all levels of skill and there's a um it's just a really great sort of um like jake said non-competitive like friendly make a thing learn how to make a thing experience so yeah yeah and even if you don't want to make a game go check out the wizard jam forum on the idle thumbs forum because just being a game jam tourist is really fun and it's especially fun when it's full of idle thumbs episode titles that you probably recognize if you've listened to the podcast for a couple of years so yep. there's yeah it's it's really fun it's to true. just look yeah. through and go <laughs> what is what i've never know? participated in wizard jam but just being around and watching the stuff come together is hilarious and amazing yep uh, and we are definitely going to stream the uh, results this time. We promise. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Speaking of streams, we all streamed some Dark Souls this weekend. Yeah. Thanks oh, that's for coming true. over to Chris's apartment. <laughs> I mean, my apartment uh, to stream Dark Souls yesterday. Okay. I actually wasn't there. Uh, Nick, you you did the third Dark, Dark Souls stream, but you did no, the fourth. 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 Oh, right. Jeez. You did weird things, though. Uh, yeah what what (laughs) is it worth describing what was happening during that or is it not worth describing that um i don't know it's gonna be up on youtube by the time people hear this right it is up on twitch right now and then you and then yes it will be up on youtube probably but yes certainly by the time people i would maybe almost i would maybe almost recommend just loading up this stream and watching it and just enjoying that ride okay sure 
Um, Unless you disagree, Nick. No, no, no. That's fine. So uh, how did, how's your Dark Souls experience gone? How's, are you are you like good at it? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, Nick I got mean, really drunk. I did. I did. I got extremely drunk. So like this series, we've been doing um, Dark Souls and Tiki drinks was the sort of initial Theme, half yeah. concept, uh, which was working really well because the Tiki drinks, like you get a Tiki drink one, it takes a while to make a Tiki drink, you yeah. know, to, to craft a Tiki drink. Um, and then also they're, they're, you know, they're heavy juice drinks. Like you don't just suck those things down. I mean, you can in, sometimes, but like usually if, and Chris, you've been making them in like pineapples and things. It's like, you take time to appreciate it's like these. It's an experience. Like, it's yeah. an experience. When you just have a bottle of rum. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good idea on a stream because I just nervously take sips of the rum. And like after 40 minutes, I was about as drunk as I, like I was at my peak level uh of the like the previous week like like the previous week i think maybe like after the third drink was my like oh god how am i gonna play this game it was like 40 minutes in that that occurred right on the stream anyway um uh yeah i don't know like i've i I basically though like as drunk as i was i guess i just kind of waltzed through a lot of stuff which is surprising at this point like i've completely internalized this game i guess the I don't know. Based, we've talked about a lot about this game, that, but I feel that's like a bold statement that you've completely internalized Dark well, Souls Three. I, I beat two bosses. I ca- I've called the second boss in three, and I got him on the third try. Like I yeah. basically just know what I'm gonna do now well, to like a predictable level. Well, sure, not really, but like, yeah, but yeah. like generally I mean, the, the speaking, cool thing about the stream is that there's like legitimate interaction with chat. And, you know, like, there's yeah, there's really the I mean, no, they yeah, yeah. I give a lot of credit to the people like. not holding my hand dragging me like through the mud (laughs) yeah but Uh, but but it did seem like you gained an appreciation for dark like you said on the stream i don't know if you have any memory of this (laughs) but you said you know you it it was a shame that this was the first time you'd ever gotten into dark souls you're saying you sort of regretted not ever really delving into the series before because you're it was it was after you beat a boss and you walked out onto a huge um vista and it was totally breathtaking it was this just absolutely massive horizon view of of uh you know just huge mountainous sort of fortress city and mm-hmm. landscapes and it was and you were you know prob- prob- probably aided by the alcohol and the sort of <laughs> sense of triumph but you were like <laughs> overcome i mean it all you know it looked like well, you were almost gonna break down in tears that you were so like emotional about it and you know and you were saying like oh i can't believe i never I didn't play these games before. Yeah, well, uh, I guess the <laughs> I guess the thing I would say is that um, one, uh, it has made me look at games that include any kind of like sword combat completely differently. In the sense that now I just feel like they're all baby games. Like I tried to play. <laughs> right. Like I'd heard that like Dragon Age Inquisition, um, uh, like Jane Harry Campo was like a huge proponent of that game, and I was like, that's sort of been on my mental list of like I should go back and play that game. And, like, I'm sure it's a really good game, and I know that people really enjoy that game. But, like, man, to the combat is just you walk up to a guy and just hold down the button. Yeah, and it's then, like MMO and, style. Yeah, you just, yeah, like, yeah. and then after a while he dies. And I'm just, after playing Dark Souls, I'm like, God, I can't do this. <laughs> this is point? so stupid. What's the point of this? this? Oh, man, I can't do it. So, like, it's made me completely, like, it's ruined me, basically. It's ruined right. me on other games, which I, I think now, like, going back in time and looking at, like, Dark Souls fans without knowing what this thing was. Yeah. I, I always just kind of like, you know, they always had that sort of air of like, oh, well, it's if it's not a Souls game, it's not a real game. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, okay, like, 
sure, I'm sure they're great games if you get into them. But now that I'm into one, I'm just fully in that camp in right. just a really gross way. Like, I'm just completely going to be ruined on every game that's kind of like a pseudo Souls game or even like has like a medieval theming. I'm just going to want all the precision of that combat and it's not going to exist. Um, yeah, I had something else to say about this game, but I, I guess I lost it. Uh, I don't know. It's really good. Was it about when you were going to cry? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that that's the narrative now. <laughs> I was going to break down in tears I mean, at the you, end of my... You probably weren't, I, but maybe. Maybe. Maybe you would have. It's really hard to stream a game for four or five hours every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think you're going to stream it again on Sunday? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I think I will. Okay. Um but, uh, oh, I was going to say um, the multiplayer, uh, trying to get the multiplayer running. Oh, my God, was, what a nightmare. Uh, was a complete nightmare trying to get, because Ollie, um, Ollie Moss at one point uh, just, like, messaged me, and I was drunk enough to just kind of be like, yeah, sure, let's just do this. And, like, it took, like, 30 minutes to even figure out how to do anything. Did you eventually get to him in your game? No. Okay. So, like, I guess the way it works, I had no idea how any of this shit worked. Like, we had done, like, the competitive multiplayer when, when you guys were... Um, uh, the invading last stuff. Week. Yeah, uh, which is like, it's not straightforward, but it's at least somewhat comprehensible, right? Like you get a sort of like item that allows you to basically queue up for whatever that zones arena. And then occasionally that will just sort of match make you. It's like a passive thing who, where it just pulls you yeah. in and out of your single player game whenever it feels like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the way that co-op works is apparently uh, one, you have to go into the, the settings and create a password for... I guess you can also just do regular, like, matchmaking. But if you want to actually, like, if I want to invite Jake to my game, I have to make a password. Then Jake needs to go to a specific place in the world, but it can't be, it can't be, like, a, um, like, the end of a level. It has to be the beginning of a level because, basically, once you complete the level, the, the server just dies. Like, you're just then just kicked out again. So it's really only for, like, if you just started a world... And then also, if you know, like your friend is on, and he or if just you're, like, wants to halfway through the world, and you need some help. Yeah, true. Um, but then you have to go, like Jake, you would have to go to the exact place that I am, create like a, a like a like write a thing on the ground, and then I have to go up to that thing, which will propagate in my game, I guess, based on that password, and then click on that, and then you get pulled in my world. So it's like it's it's location based. <laughs> <laughs> it's just insane. I can't wait like, until you figure this out and you do it a bunch of times, and then you're like, the other co-op is bu- server <laughs> browsers are for babies. Uh, what they just list I them? On a list why you wouldn't you walk to the same place? It makes perfect sense when you're gonna go to the same place as them. <laughs> I mean, well, you just get to magically teleport to the place. What that's, but how? What kind of shit is this? Other games, <laughs> easy mode. God, there was really the funniest moment on that stream yesterday was. I was like walking through like a crypt and there were all these like crazy skeletons. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were all these like animated like Harryhausen type skeletons. Um, and uh, uh, and I think I, I made a comment like I just run past like a bunch of dudes or something. And I made a comment like, uh, well, you know, I got past that hard part, but um, clearly, like, this is, uh, now I, I think I'm fine. I got everything under control. And just as I said that, an enormous ball composed only of, like, skeleton bones rolled <laughs> down from above that staircase and just smashed me up against the wall. And then it just hits the wall and bounces back and hits me <laughs> in the face. And it's just like everything on the screen exploded and died and I was dead and it was horrible. 
and then the rest of that level was like really difficult uh this yeah I mean, it's, it's a continuously surprising your thing. experience yeah <laughs> it never your stops. experience of these games is basically a continual exercise in mounting hubris like yeah, pretty even much ju- even yeah. just now you're already like i've fully internalized Dark yeah, Souls yeah, yeah, 3. Yeah. i think i've gotten to the point where that's I, true like <laughs> it's, it's just, true it's constantly your declarations of just like aha i i i next reckon <laughs> comprehend it all it's good that dark souls occasionally will like make as perfectly constructed a cartoon come up and for you as it possibly can yeah Yeah. i have achieved this hold on let me just summon a cartoon sphere of skeletons or whatever yeah uh yeah i guess that's why i like it Uh, it's just because (laughs) Because it's on your way i mean i mean yeah well also i think they, they actually do a really good job of of i think just knowing where to place those things like i think Mm, just in terms of pacing i feel like my initial take on that game was that eh, it just seems much more slapdash than I would have assumed. Like, uh, whatever, you can kind of like poke around these levels and and explore them however you want to. But really, it's just kind of, you know, a collection of things and the, this stuff doesn't feel tuned, you know. But I think it's actually really smartly done. Like, I think looking back on whatever the five worlds that we've completed at this point, like, it feels like, oh, yeah. Every time that where I felt like, okay, I know how this game is working or I know kind of what to expect, even just in terms of like, they probably won't just drop this thing. Oh, yeah, no, they, they did. Like, for instance, like I there, up to the point um, up to like hour four as of yesterday, I assumed that basically like environment interaction was not a thing in this game. Like I, I didn't I didn't think that that was going to be something that that was a feature. And I walked across this enormous rope bridge, and everybody in chat was like, "Oh, cut the cut the thing, cut the you know, the ropes on the rope bridge, and the rope bridge will drop." And I was like, "Oh, come on! Like you're just you're just fucking with me! Like, oh, put on your roller skates and climb the wall!" Like somebody was like, "Oh, wall jump!" And I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." But then I just slashed the rope thing, and then all the skeletons fell down, and the rope fell down, and then I could climb down the section of the rope bridge. Like the the one half of the rope bridge that I was on um, on my side turned into a ladder that I could then climb down uh, uh, to the pit below. It was crazy. Like I don't know. They just they do a good job of just creating. Um, I guess just I, I I guess just new features in the middle of the you know like a, after ten hours of playing, it's just stuff that you just didn't think was even a part of the sort of game engine. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's good. It's a really good game. The rollerblades thing, by the way, is. Oh. <laughs> an ongoing gag that i think started that a- part one chat perpetuated on nick uh claiming there was some item called the rollerblades i thought for sure that it was like a known internet joke but i think it's just literally they're I they're trolling me chat- i think they're trolling me <laughs> I think specifically it's the Idle chat channel yeah, yeah. trolling you yeah that's great <laughs> um so this has been going on at twitch.tv slash idle thumbs uh every sunday at one one or two p.m. Pacific time, and Nick, you said you're probably going to do another one this coming Sunday. Sure, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to destroy Nick with these Dark Souls streams. All right, just make sure to if you follow the um, the Twitch channel or our Twitter at twitter.com/slash/idlethumbs, you'll see notifications of when the time will be. But it's generally on Sunday around one p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. and uh, you can watch all the previous uh, episodes of this which are like four to five hours each in length uh, at youtube.com slash idle videos. Um, and there's a playlist of the dark souls videos on there. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Games. Yep. 
I also played a Vive. For the first. Oh, yeah, I played, played with a Vive. A Vive. Pl- I oh, used a Vive. Yeah, I went to Twitch yeah, 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 headquarters, yeah, yeah. and they strapped a Vive on my face. I don't know. I hadn't. Um, I'd only used the uh, the PlayStation VR uh, to play Hypercube, uh, and other than that, I had never. Um, I, I hadn't used a VR headset. I guess. I guess the DK one was the first, yeah. and last that I had ever. Uh, did you did you enjoy your time? In the, I mean, the the Vive is the one for people who aren't keeping track of VR, which good on you, I guess, is the one <laughs> which has two poles in the corner of the room, and because of that, you can actually walk around a space, and it tracks you in a like up to about like fifteen by fifteen foot uh, room. Yeah, so you can move around and pick up stuff. Yep. Did you enjoy your your time? I didn't. I enjoyed it. I I don't know. I had a really weird reaction to it, where I thought once the headset was on my face, I would be like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" And and you know, just kind of have like the because that's what everyone always says. Yeah, I, I just I put it out and I was like, "Oh, this is a game. Okay, I'm in the game world now. Yeah. All right, now what do I do? Oh, what's the what's the object? Like, what do I have to do? Like, what's my what's the thing I have to do? Like, oh, I, I just, get this. I've fir- fully internalized all, <laughs> right, pot- yeah. all potential yeah. of the vibe. Yeah, I un- I will. I understand now. No, but I I, I kind of I'm kind of with you though, honestly. Um, it just yeah. I, I the the thing that I kept doing though was looking at the controllers in my hand and just also just any time I picked up an object I would just rotate it in front of my face. Yeah, just, the effect that's the, the one one to one the one to one movement of a, of the controller oh, or an yes. object with the controller is yeah. really good, especially if it's a uh, a game that is either really stylized or has really good materials on the object. Mm-hmm. I find so you can actually sort of like see yeah. yep the, the light the, the, the way light works the correctly. Yeah. Like your brain actually just eats that shit up. It turns mm-hmm. out. Yep. I totally agree. That stuff is so much more convincing and cool to me than the like move around the room part. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I don't know that that stuff feels like I just know that it's so limited. Like that, I just well, it's hard for me to get sucked yeah. into it. But the the hand stuff is so small scale. It's like. Yep. You know, it's the same as my hands in life. They're only ever going to be like within zero to three feet or whatever away from my face. Mm-hmm. So like I can fully, it's fully convincing to that. And even in, uh, even in um, like the PlayStation one, like my, one of my favorite things is in Super Hypercube for the PlayStation VR, uh, you can always just look down and see an outline, like a Tron outlined version of the PlayStation controller. Mm, And as mm -hmm. you move it around, it rotates around and it shows you like what the controls are, but it's also just an awesome, like floating crazy representation of the thing you're holding where you're holding it spatially. And it's awesome. Like that is always cool to me. Yep. What Vive stuff did you play? Um, I walked around the sort of Valve showcase, the lab, Uh I guess a bit. Is that the one that has the aperture sciences, like the robot that falls apart and all that stuff? Or did you not do that one? I didn't do that one specifically. I've seen a video of that one, but I, I, I did the, um, I did the Dota 2 thing. The the, the secret shop. The secret shop. Yeah, Yeah. Where there's the big man and then you can make yourself a small man. You know, have you seen that where you, yeah, yeah. That stuff was fine. I mean, I haven't. What does that mean? Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) It's Big Man, Small Man. You don't know the Big Man, Small Man demo? Uh, So (laughs) it puts you in the secret secret shop. It's not actually anything that's in Dota 2. It's just their fictionalized version of like what the Dota 2 secret shop might look like. And it's just some weird guy's like shop that's just full of like Dota stuff all over the shelves. Well, Valve made it. So I think this canonically is what the secret shop looks like. You're right. You're right. This is, this is, uh, that's official. Um, it looks like a location out of a Dota cutscene or something were yeah. that to exist. Yeah. And uh, and then sort of a, the big shopkeeper walks in and talks the to CG you. The CG Gabe Newell guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know. You can just pick up a bunch of stuff. 
and look at it. And then at one point you can click on a table and then it makes you the size of like a mouse. I guess a, the size of like a Dota character, basically, in relation to like what the guy's perspective is on that. Like, I, th- I think the table's a map. I don't really remember. You become that a lordling. Yeah, you become like a little thing and you can like look up at him and he's big. Which, again, I don't know. I My memory of the DK1 was I played a couple of demos where there were huge planets in my field of view and it looked crazy. But maybe that was also just because that was literally the first time I ever strapped on a VR thing. That effect of being, like, small or large in comparison to other things didn't, like, immediately make my brain go crazy this time. It's because you already played Hypercube. Probably. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's probably. Yeah. It, there's definitely a desensitizing yeah that's i guess that's what i'm like for sure reaching for yeah it, it just feels like okay i've done that yeah so I, that's not really i don't think that i was ever hit with the oh my god my life has changed now that i put this on but when i used a, uh, a vive for the an extended period when i you know a friend gave me a demo of the vive hardware when it was a couple months back the the feeling that it had which is the feeling that i still have with that one is like you're going on a theme park attraction for me yeah. where yeah, i'm just yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh my senses are completely mm-hmm. enveloped by something else and i'm like happily entertained by it but i don't there's never a switch in my brain that gets flipped it's just yeah. it, it feels like i'm on the indiana yeah. jones ride or something and the, yep. like the best vibe stuff also is the stuff that feels the most like you're in a highly themed disneyland place or something mm-hmm. like the aperture sciences demo is you're in like an engineer's workshop in Aperture Sciences and a robot comes in that's broken and there's just drawers you can pull out on the walls and all sorts of stuff. Yep. Or, the, or the secret shop where you're just inside. It just That feels like you're in Harry Potter land at uh, Universal or something like that. Yep. Uh, no, I liked, I also like just anything that actually was physically active. Like just taking an object yep. that, that I could then throw at something, you yep. know, and like it, it worked. I think um, it felt really good. But I think the fact that the Vive only gives you that like ten by ten foot space, mm. but then themes infinite world around you also is what gives you that is what mm-hmm. gives me at least that theme park feeling of like I know that I can only walk within this space and I know that I can only open and close things and press a button. Yep. Yep. So I'm just you have to you still have to have a ton of suspension of disbelief or just sort of like sort of lay, lay, lean back and just let the yeah. world exist and not try to mentally probe it too much or it will be because it's fake. I played I a know. very like video game game. I don't know what it was called. I also don't know if it was in the lab or if it was just a separate demo, but it was just like drones would spawn kind of in a, in a in 360 degrees around me. And then each of the controllers was just like a laser gun and you sure. could just shoot at these things and they would just sort of pop in. And it was, I don't know, whatever it felt like star Wars or something. Um, it, oh man, it was really annoying to have to keep turning around. <laughs> it was like really not fun <laughs> to have to just keep like rotating and like, Oh, there's one over my shoulder. Oh no. And it's similarly, I played a game where you just drop into like a parking lot and zombies are coming at you from 360 degrees and we have a gun. The gun was kind of interesting because you could, I mean, one, I just like enjoyed looking at it because it was right. just like, yeah. oh, yes, okay. you became the first person gun exam in animation. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I did. I did. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Does oh, it have wow. a button to pop the clip just, in and out? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah it was really good. I kept <laughs> like reloading over and over again. <laughs> it was the best. Um, so I did that a lot. And then your left hand is a flashlight. Uh, and so I actually just turned into the Doom 3 Half-Life mod after a while, or, or uh, Doom 3 Flashlight mod after a while, because I just grabbed them together so I could strap the flashlight to the one controller. But it was kind of interesting having the flashlight needing to like point it at the thing to see, and then using the gun, and having to actually line the gun up like a gun. You actually, like after a minute, I realized like, oh, I'm pointing this thing 
like I'm actually starting to use like a stance that you would use uh, when you're actually shooting a gun. And I was like, oh, now my arms are tired. Okay, I'm done with this game. <laughs> like, I don't like this anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. Eh, stuff like that that was explicitly video gaming wasn't as interesting as just, yeah, like the theme park stuff. But then also the theme park stuff, it, yeah, it did feel like, God, to make this stuff effective, it's going to have to be really good. So I don't know where that, yeah, I don't, it's going to be a weird, it's going to be a weird thing anyway. Yeah. So I walked away with kind of like very mixed impressions, whereas maybe a month earlier I was like, oh man, maybe I should think about spending money to buy this thing now and just, just to see it because whatever, I'm a dork and I like looking at things right. early, but like, eh, I think I'll maybe wait it out now. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's cool, but it's not like, I don't know. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's, it is cool. And I've had some really cool VR experiences, but it doesn't actually feel essential to me. Yeah, not yet. You know, anyway. It feels like a yeah. like a novelty. Yeah, you know, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I might get a Vive. <laughs> I mean, if I had the where money to just like, yeah, I'm not sure where I would put it. I mean, I just want I want a headset at all because a copy of Unity plus one of those is just really fun. Yeah, weird thing to totally to mess yeah, around yeah, with. Yeah, sure. if, so if I yep. if I can get my life together enough to pick one of those up and have a place to put it, I would right. really like one just for like. Yeah, you know, you can make you can make things that are weird. Yeah. I, Did you I, play with Tilt Brush at all? No. Tilt Brush so with a Vive the, is Tilt Brush with a Vive is amazing. Tilt yeah. Brush is a like three D painting program, and you can walk around and drag the controller around, and ink comes out of it. And it's really it's really neat. I saw one yesterday that's coming out. I think today. Um, that's just a uh, uh, like a graffiti simulator. So it's just a wall. Yes. You know, like a really nice like normal mapped wall with uh just an infinite palette of spray of paint spray cans paints. yeah and it, it was pretty good like i don't know whatever they had like the dj track uh like ui over here like you could just like the what like just whatever you could just like control the music control display? the music just oh, over, you know what i mean just, like, yeah. there's like a like a virtual boom box and then right. there's just like the spray nice. paint cans it's just all the things that you'd want like yeah, if i was yeah. into that i would be excited about that yeah eh. anyway yeah it feels like yeah stuff like that will probably be really fun to dip into when there are many things like that that are really well done. Right. Um, it's just really early probably right now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Virtual reality. Yep. Brendan Chang was playing some modern theme park builder and posting tweets about it. Uh, oh, man. And fuck, that blew me away. There's a couple, oh, there's, there's a couple theme park games right now, but there, there's a, the Dark Ride one where you can... Uh, Build like the Omnimover Haunted Mansion track and, cho- and choose yeah and choose yeah, which direction. I immediately got pe- that. People look. Yeah, it immediately made me want someone to make a dark ride building, a dark ride builder where basically you have a Sims like UI where you can just plop props and lights and stuff and then lay track down, and then just let people who have VR headsets sit down and yep. uh, go on your theme park ride. <laughs> yep. Does that game? Does that game, Parkitect, have like a first person? Component? I don't no, think so. There's, no. there's okay. another man. There's another theme park building game. No, the, there's park. There's the one that Planet Brandon, Coaster. Planet Coaster is the one that Chuck yes. was posting, which yes. is way more like you're building a sim it's of like a park level design suite. Where almost, you, you, yeah. yeah, you're building a park that has patrons that's and and yeah. runs a theme park simulator, but also you can ride all of your rides in in yeah. that one. Yeah, uh, they are going to do like. Right now, that game, I did a lot of research because I was like, all right, maybe I'm going to get the early access. Uh, Well, so I played Parkitect. So I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about it, except that it's actually just a very much a like one to one um it's like roller a, coaster tycoon clone okay. i mean like yeah. literally the same ui um but i do like the things that they're doing like the dark ride thing is really good um it is just like it feels like the kind of game that needs one 
like an art like a just just a complete redo on the art like they need some kind of art layer that makes all that stuff satisfying because for me part of this is like roller coaster tycoon whatever it, it didn't look amazing but it was consistent you know and like yeah this this game just feels like very very early and it is like it's like super super alpha early right. access and i i like I will want to revisit this game if they do like a really nice architect. Art. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I, once they once they like you know polish that game off, I will I will probably want to play that game. But um, but you looked at the other one. What is but, that one called? Uh, fuck. Uh, uh, Planet Coaster. Yeah, I want to say like Ultimate Coaster, <laughs> cool coasters. <laughs> um, Planet Coaster. Oh yeah, it's Planet Coaster which, because their logo is a circle with like a roller coaster track weaving yeah, around it. Yeah, this game you can you can buy on their website only right now, um, and it's it's like seventy five dollars for the early wow. access version, and it's coming out in fourth quarter this year, or at least that's their whatever estimation. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically like a it feels like a um, like a transport sim level of of fidelity in terms of building where, or maybe even beyond that where like the props that you place aren't buildings they're not even like doors they're like columns like you're actually going in and just kind of chunk in the way that like if you ever use something like the skyrim creation kit or something you just have like a suite of just fully created assets and then you're just kind of using those to just like carve out a world but it still seems like it has like 3d bezier curves for laying down how you want your mm-hmm. roller coaster track to oh, work yeah. and stuff the track stuff is yeah the track stuff but yeah is- the actual park decor and like the sort of decorative which is stuff that yeah it's yeah. all prefab yeah. objects so you can basically make you can do the aesthetic design of an entire mm. theme park or uh, theme park land. The stuff people are making in it is crazy looking. I just immediately Googled Pirates of the Caribbean Planet Coaster. Somebody <laughs> has fully done a, oh, like, a, a pirate-themed uh, section of their theme park. And yeah. It was really, really good, and they put the pirates' music behind it. It I looks like, like, oh, it, no, $75 is about to leave my hands. <laughs> oh, God, it, stop it. It no. looks like you can't do it fully enclosed interiors with it yet. Um, I don't think so. Also, they don't have water in the game. Also, they don't have water rides in the game yet. Uh, so it is early enough that I'm like, oh, maybe I should just wait until they have See all the what things they do. that I want. Man, if that um, if that thing lets you put a roof on a ride, uh, my my life is is over. I know. <laughs> Does that That's one the... have any like first? Like, how do you, how would you? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that one is that game is fully 3D and high detail, and then you can ride the ride. Okay, you can also okay, just okay. drop the camera anywhere. You know yeah. Know okay. I mean? like, you cool. Can just, right. Yeah. 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 So like I was gonna say, without that, an indoor ride would be pointless. Yeah. No. Yeah, people are sort of pseudo faking it. I mean, people are faking a lot of stuff. In fact, I, I like tweeted at Chuck. I was like, "Oh, I think I'm gonna buy this thing in early access. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh man, this seems like a lot of money." And he was like, eh, "I mean, I don't know if it's worth it right now because you have to fake so much." And I was like, "The fidelity okay, level actually—it feels like early Kerbal Space Program of theme yeah. park building is yeah. is like yep, just like there's way more detail in yeah. this than has any business being in it." Right. They, I mean, they do have like snap controls. So like, if you have like a window, it will snap to grid on on like a building face, um, and you can like snap roofs in, um, which again just reminds me of like yeah, some kind of like mid grade uh, like creation engine type thing, um, where it's not just Unity and it's not like you know plopping buildings down. It's like this in between thing, which is really good. I like stuff like that. It's it's like. I'm sure they will have prefabs in that game that are just like the cool buildings, but then also allowing people to do that stuff. Like I watched a YouTube series of this guy who was doing like time lapse videos. I mean, that was the thing that um, Brendan linked. Maybe it was Chuck that linked that. Anyway, whatever. Uh, It was crazy. This guy was just building out these like super hyper detailed like Main Street, uh, you know, facades and like, oh my God, it looks so good. And then 
he hit play and like all of the like park denizens were just walking through like <laughs> through the walls and just like you know like nothing oh, no. nothing was real yeah, so they were all yeah, just yeah. like you know clipping through everything but anyway yeah i i will i will probably probably buy that game and just just to mess around with it and that would be a stupid but probably actually fun stream yeah I, I, yeah that'd be a good stream I, yeah i kind of want to do it just for that also i don't know it seems like a game i want to support almost just to see if if it will just be continuously improved for like a year or two it's weird that there are two of those right now like what is that oh, there are more than two i looked into it man there are oh, like wow. a lot of these theme park oh, games huh, it okay. is like one of the genres that feels like oh people realize Do they have any visibility on steam or anything I've, i didn't know this was a thing architect has some i think there's also an, there's something called like theme park something Ugh, i don't know there there, there are way more than i thought there were architect and planet coaster feel like they're very different ends of the spectrum too though mm-hmm. i mean yeah but i just wasn't aware that that spectrum was something that had i think ends that were far away right, from each well, other I in think 2016 it, so i think it's i think it's literally the um the city skylines effect where that roller coaster tycoon game came out that was horrible like a year ago remember people oh. there was that like oh roller coaster tycoon they're making a new one and i think it was well there was the first there was the like the facebook game version that people were like really offended by, and then they're like, "Oh no, no, it's cool. We're gonna make a, we're gonna make a real one." I don't actually know if the if that one is out yet, but I think what from what people have seen, they're just like, "Ugh, this doesn't seem exciting." So I think there's this like alt roller coaster tycoon, you know, news group. Of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just sort of sprung up um, uh, in the wake of that. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. It's it's yeah. uh, you're right that it is. It is a thing you don't really think about. Yeah, because if you but then if you if you take a step back and go, oh wait, what everyone is buying right now for some fucking weird reason is out of control baroque I know. or specific sim Simulators, games. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this one's baroque and specific. Like, of course, <laughs> theme park sims no, are know, back. But it was just—it's funny that I didn't know this exists. Meanwhile, it's like, oh, b- driving boring buses and trucks. Like <laughs> that's a booming genre. Like, right. oh, of course, of course. There's like 18 different games that let you just slowly yep. drive a truck right. around a European landscape. Or, yeah, but like, or or make a make a like a, a light rail uh, right. system. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. make that light rail system to really high fidelity right now. <laughs> yeah, but what if it's what if your light rail instead went up and down and had loops and then and went lights. 30 miles an hour and lights? Yes. Yeah. And went to space. <laughs> anyway, yeah. If that was true, I'd probably buy it, Jake. And I did. Willy Wonka simulator. Oh, man. <laughs> Theme park where you're just like a weird avatar with like a like an absurd coat. I was just thinking of the space elevator part. Of oh, that. okay. I thought you were talking about but like... But also, yes. Yeah, simulate like roller coaster simulate your like sinful, around, overindulgent like... children visitors <laughs> and the ways that they die. <laughs> Chocolate Factory Simulator 2016. <laughs> How many kids have you killed for obesity? How many have you killed for selfishness? Sloth. <laughs> yes. Greed. How many perfect children have inherited your business? <laughs> Man, that was a dark story. Yeah. That also is an amazing, stupid twist. That's like American McGee. It right, makes yeah, yeah. American, American McGee decides he's, he's going to make a theme park tycoon, and he makes the Willy Wonka license, and oh, it's about man. killing kids for various sins. <laughs> oh, God. Willy Wonka, of course, would just look like a fucking steampunk nightmare. It would look like oh, the yeah. stupid Tim Burton one. Oh, that's true. Right, yeah, they kind like of already that. God damn it. That yeah. already exists. Yeah, but yeah. that yeah. game made by American, American McGee's Tim Burton's 
Willy Wonka, Wonka the tycoon. tycoon. <laughs> Willy Wonka, comma, tycoon. <laughs> oh, garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else is American McGee doing right now? What is American McGee doing know. right now? Well, here's a pitch. American. Yeah. You guys want to take a break? Oh, yeah. Video this episode of Vital Thumbs is brought to you by Casper. Casper manufactures high-quality mattresses, combining synergy latex and supportive memory foams. And they make them right here in the United States of America. Nice. And then they send them to your door in a little hilarious container that like explodes open when you open it and a mattress comes out. And if you go to casper.com uh, slash thumbs and use the promo code thumbs, you will get $50 towards the purchase of any mattress. Uh, Casper mattresses are only $500 for a twin size mattress and $750 for a full size mattress, $950 for a massive king sized mattress. That is super affordable if you have ever gone mattress shopping, as I imagine you have at some point in your life. And these are really great mattresses. I think I think we've all slept on Casper mattresses here in this in this uh, office, in this recording studio. And I think we can all attest to the fact that they are some good, comfy mattresses. And so if you go to casper.com slash thumbs and use the promo code thumbs, you will again get $50 towards the purchase of any Casper mattress. Why would you not go do it immediately? Get a new mattress. You probably should have one. Yeah. You probably have like a crappy old mattress. You probably or do. Or <laughs> you're probably sleeping on your couch. Yeah. If you're anything like us, I mean, maybe you are. I don't know. If maybe so, you are please, like us. Please go to casper.com slash thumbs and use the offer code thumbs at checkout. Thanks, Casper. Don't thank me. <laughs> this episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Harry's. Harry's sends you razors and other high-quality shaving equipment directly to your home or office. Uh, if you go to harrys.com and use the code THUMBS at checkout, you will get $5 off. There is a starter kit that you can get for only $15 to begin with. So for $5 off, it's only $10 to get the starting kit that comes with the uh, razor handle, the blades, shaving cream. It's all the stuff you need to get going. Shaving your face every day or every week or every month, I suppose. Every hour. Uh, indulge your obsessive tendencies <laughs> and ruin your face by shaving every hour. You mean make it better. I mean, make it much better. Make it perfect. Constantly make it, better. Make it clean and, always and perfect. Always, always, clean, always clean. Always clean. Uh, Harry's.com. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. And the offer code thumbs at checkout will get you that $5 towards your first purchase. Um, I've been using Harry's for a while now. I like it. They've also got this uh, face moisturizer now that uh, is nice. It's got it exfoliates. I I actually don't know what exfoliation is and I've never learned. Nobody does. And I, you know, the face wash is nice. It makes my face feel fresh. Your face looks very nice, Chris. Does it look exfoliated? Yeah, probably. Oh, man. I bet it does. Well, you know why? Because I went to harrys.com, used the offer code THUMBS, and got $5 off my exfoliation. Well done. Exfoliation. Thanks, Harry's. Video games. 
just had an idea. <laughs> Over the course of this uh, recording and during the breaks, Nick and I have been talking about potentially our Wizard Jam game uh, build the Nublar. So maybe uh, if yeah. all goes according to plan, that will be announced and on the forum by the time this There's already a happens. build the Nublar, Nublar being built, so you oh, guys will have competition. It's really good when multiple people do the same one. There yeah. were the, In the first Wizard Jam, there were multiple robot newses. There were multiple sure. 90s cockpit freakouts, and they were all, both yeah. or all really good and really yep. different. A lot of shoot that pizza. A lot of shoot that pizza. For obvious oh, yeah. reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Seth Cyril writes, this is from June 2015. I just finished listening to the latest cast, he says. Uh, when I was 10, I liked to do science experiments in my room. One day, I decided it would be a good idea to poop in a jar. So I found an old pickle jar, did the deed, put a lid on the jar, and left it in my closet. I then continued on with my day and then ended up forgetting about the jar. <laughs> about a month later, I happened across the jar in my closet and found that the turd I had left in there was completely covered in mold that looked like white hair. I didn't want my mom to find out about the poop jar, so I took it up to the backyard and attempted to chuck it over the wall into the alley behind our house. Uh, it ended up coming a little short, and instead it hit the brick wall and shattered, leaving my month-old moldy turd on the ground in our backyard. Before I had a chance to react, our stupid Springer Spaniel bolted over to the turd and gobbled it up like it was some kind of premium wet dog food. <laughs> some... Somehow the dog never got sick and my mom never found out. I guess the moral of the story is that month-old moldy poop tastes a lot better than most of us would think. Sorry, Zeus the cat. <laughs> what were we doing in June of 2015? I don't know, but apparently this was directly related to it somehow. <laughs> okay. Amazing. I don't know thumb, community, good people. Wizard jam, moldy poop. Yeah, well. Got it all. Yep. <laughs> Um, this is from late June 2015. John Murray writes, Hey Thumbs, after listening to the crossword puzzle discussion on a recent pod, I felt I had to share my own bizarre puzzle solving habits. I try to tackle the New York Times crossword puzzle daily. However, I almost exclusively do so in bed right before I go to sleep. This has a couple of weird side effects, most notably the fact that solving crosswords at any other time of day now triggers a kind of Pavlovian desire to fall asleep. I can barely read the name Will Shorts without eliciting a yawn. As you can probably guess, this makes completing the puzzle a challenge as I fight to stay awake long enough to do so. I'm not always successful, as you can see in the attached screen grab of a recent Monday crossword. A few things to note in that image. First, the extraordinary number of W's peppering the fill, indicating that my finger was on the iPad's on-screen W key at the moment sleep overtook me. Also, the ridiculous completion time of 1 hour and 25 minutes on a puzzle that would normally take about 5 to 7. This completely ruins the newly introduced tracking of average completion time for me. Beating my average time by 15 minutes is meaningless when half of those recorded times include an hour of my unconscious finger poking the screen. On the other hand, I can totally brag that I literally fill crosswords in my sleep, even if I'm filling them with endless W's. Um, anyway, I'll, uh, thanks for humoring this long-time Idle Thumbs reader. You guys uh, are the best. Uh, and he has an image of his W-filled crossword. Uh, I really enjoyed this email because I have this exact same experience uh doing a cross i you know like i've mentioned on the podcast before i do the new york times crossword every day and i do it on the my iphone app and it is i'm sure that most people listening have had this experience with something or other trying to do something while you're trying to fall asleep and like weirdly fighting against yourself as you do it like the most passive example of that is watching a TV show or something as you're falling asleep and continually waking up and being like, oh, okay, I got to, I got to stay awake. I got to stay awake for the rest of this. And then like, yeah, I'm totally doing it. And then waking up again and realizing like, oh my God, it's 10 minutes later in the show or whatever. Doing this with crosswords is horrible. 
um, because you have to actually do something. Um, and so I've often had the experience where I'm lying there in bed doing the crossword on my phone and then I'll wake up and realize, oh my God. And then I'll start typing an answer to the thing. And then in the middle of the word, I'll fall asleep and wake up again. And I've just typed like Q seven times and then I have to, to delete all those and then continue filling in that same word and then fall asleep again. It's like the, the most ridiculous portrait of like obstinate idiocy that, that you can encounter with yourself because you're fully aware of what's happening when you're doing it. Like you can tell this is really stupid. Like my body just wants to fall asleep, but it's like, no, I, it's very important that I finish this crossword right now. It's really weird. It's a really weird experience and it, it feels very strange. That more often than not happens to me when I'm reading in bed, yeah. but then my brain will pretend that it's continuing to read. And either <laughs> either the version where you just flip through pages that you forget or where you half fall asleep and then make yourself start reading again and you paragraphs that did not exist in the book were invented by oh, your man, brain yeah. or like mm-hmm. you dream like I don't know. It's good. You can't do that with a crossword, though, I guess. Or you're like, no, you, oh, you, I totally you filled don't. in 30 words and they were weird. Oh, I didn't do that. I guess I just typed W a bunch. Or you did. Like, I've woken up before and seen crosswords that just had nonsense in them. Like, not just one letter repeated, but just, like, words. Were you able to, like, no catch sense. a murderer because of that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you crack the case with your dream crossword state? Oh, I wish. Oh. I can imagine that being a niche mystery novel series. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Daniel Chaves writes, Hello, I'm new to the podcast. Hello. As of August 13th, 2015. I'm sorry you stopped listening after (laughs) only three episodes, but we'll read your email now. After going back to the episode, I'm suspicious of myself about Nick Brecken's Sims. Also, please make that Wizard Jam game someone. I bought Sims 3 on sale and decided to play it with a bit of a tweak. I changed the language to German, which I don't speak. The idea was to simulate myself as though I suddenly moved to Germany. This is what happened. I made myself as a sim, but afterwards I got lost in translation, and in between options and settings, I unintentionally ended up living next door to a clone of myself. I wanted a career in film, but I could never find it on the paper, so I took a job in the bookstore where the next day they asked me to write an autobiography. Days later, and after writing half the book, it turns out it was not an autobiography. They wanted the clone's biography. (laughs) You can see how I got confused. Insulted by this, I decided to kill the clone by starting to cook in his house and then stand in the only door to block the fireman while he burned to death. Oh, man. Classic baby walling. Classic baby walling. After several failed attempts, he was very suspicious and always kicked me out. So plan B, I invited him over to my house and then moved a piece of furniture to block the main door, then started the fire, ran to my room and moved the furniture around to lock him alone in the kitchen without a fire alarm. The kitchen burned down, but the clone did not. I ended up locking him up in the bathroom, also by moving a piece of furniture. No cheats. I figured he would die of hunger just in time for the release of his biography, The Honest Clone Who Was Kidnapped and Murdered by His Evil Original. (laughs) He lived in that bathroom crying, starving, and constantly passing out until the day I stopped playing. I I admit doing this to my doppelganger was extremely disturbing. I had to build a new bathroom and eventually gave up the bookstore job to start a career as a criminal since that's what I had become. (laughs) On my first day, everything was normal until the shift ended. My boss, a good-looking but corrupt policewoman, asked me to go to a bar with her, um, or so I could gather from the German. Turns out there are no corrupt cops in The Sims 3, only normal cops, and she was not asking me out. She was taking me to jail. (laughs) P.S. This was years ago, but now I'm actually moving to Germany in a few weeks. (laughs) 
Man, watch out. Yeah. I think that actually happened to me when I played The Sims um, with Janelle. We started our, our characters uh, and then just like, we're like, oh, I'll, let's make our people go to the bar. And we went to the bar and then like she was the the bartender and I was just like a sad <laughs> musician or something. What? And we were like, what is, what, oh no, what do we do now? Like there's the like, clones of our, and they're just, they have shitty lives. They're like weird bar people and we're like living in a high rise. Wait, so you were there what like we, looking at, yeah, you? that's like a just, David Lynch movie. Yeah, it was really strange. <laughs> I don't remember how we solved that problem. I don't think... I mean, we definitely didn't, like, try to burn them in a, an apartment. We probably should have. <laughs> Could have burned the bar down. Yeah, we should have done that. Matt writes, Hi, Thumbs. During your discussion... This is from October 2015. During your discussion of industry lexicons, episode 233, World of Blanks, Chris made an offhand riff about the video game term, die. This is actually a salient issue for gamer parents. My boys, age three and five, inevitably get into gaming via iPads and YouTube. Casual usage of die and kill enters the vocabulary disturbingly quickly. My wife and I did our best to insist on the replacements defeat and defeated. When you think about it, in the context of most games, this is actually more accurate, because from Pac-Man to Metal Gear Solid bosses, everybody always comes back. I know we're fighting a losing battle in the long run, but for the moment, I feel better about our boys' frame of reference. The little things are important. Thanks for the cast. I've been listening from the very beginning. My three-year-old Nathaniel loves you guys. The Idle Thumbs theme is his favorite song. However, his older brother Nolan repeatedly insists, I don't understand what they're talking about. That's <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not alone. No. Um, at some point, I'd love to hear the Thumbsian perspective on possible progeny, as I imagine at least some of you will one day become parents. All the best, Matt crunchy, Crunch Noisy on the forums. Um, P.S. Other interesting parts of the lexicon that they quickly subsumed. Respawn, teleport, and camera. I once found my three-year-old inexplicably standing still in the middle of the living room. When I asked him what he was doing, he said, I'm looking at my inventory. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Oh, man. Weird, bad. Weird. I guess that's good. Man, I guess that if you see video games and it's like, oh, look at your inventory. Character has to just stand perfectly still, no anima- no movement yeah. whatsoever while looking at the inventory. I got a modal pop-up up, says yeah. my three-year-old. <laughs> Only I can see my inventory screen, Dad. <laughs> this game's really hard because yeah. the enemy's not paused. Yeah. My dad doesn't pause <laughs> look at my inventory. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's not me is an enemy, it's an Dad. Enemy. It's a guy. Yeah. Uh, this reminds me... You, dad. <laughs> on the idle forums in the Wizard Jam forum, Vasari is making World of Blanks. World of Blanks is a 2D side-scrolling shooter where bullets are incapable of killing people. Shooting people makes them bounce around the room, so to progress through the level, you need to physics enemies out of the way so they don't knock you out a window or something. Huh. And there's a there's a there's a gif of like characters who just physics each other around with like nerf balls, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Every game referenced in a reader mail, I'm gonna try and find the Wizard Jam version of that game. I won't do that. All right, so from January of this year, Tegan Robichaux writes uh, dear Chris Remo, as the only musician who will answer my emails, can you tell me if there's some technical reason or terminology that would explain why the Quad City DJ's Space Jam can be remixed with virtually any song and still sound good? Thanks, Tegan. Are you, are you guys familiar with this phenomenon? I'm not. You're not? I'm not. Jake, you surely are. No. Really? The Space Jam, like, come on and slam and welcome to the jam? Like, I mean, mixing that with, like, any song in the world? What of it? I, really? Not, I mean, I haven't seen a, a mashup video or anything. No. What? I think I'm, I'm, I might be oh. vaguely aware that this is a thing, but not. Yeah, really. same. I, yeah, oh yeah. man. Okay. Yeah. Oh well. 
I don't even know where to go with this now. I would have assumed that you guys would have been I mean, is well it just, aware of Is the, it just in like a common time, you know, like very... Like, no, well, if this is a thing... So, I mean, my response now what, has what? less... Le- like, my response will have less weight without you guys being familiar with this phenomenon. But I totally disagree that it works well with everything. Oh, okay. Like, I think that there's like think exquisite just... Space Jam remixes right. that are amazing. But then there's a lot of people have like taken it way too far yeah. and just mixed the Space Jam theme with like everything all the time. And I think a lot of times it's garbage. See, I feel like that's the case with all of those. That's uh, like how sort of mouth sounds themes. exists, but now like there's a lot of really shitty smash mouth mashups on SoundCloud now. Yeah. They're just oh, yeah. worthless. Yeah, for sure. Although the difference is that um, mouth sounds is like really weird and inventive and sort of subversive. Whereas the joke of the space jam ones is that is that it just puts a big, hilarious, stupid beat and come on and slam and welcome to the jam, which is the dumbest lyric anyone's ever written like, <laughs> right. on top of a normal song. Like the joke of that is that you do just yeah. slam two things together and sometimes it actually does work amazingly well. Um, but people have taken it too far, in my in my opinion. Come on and slam. Welcome to the jam. Uh, all right. Well, so that that didn't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> Sorry to dash your hopes. Uh, yeah. Nick, what's up, Nick? No, it's nothing. Nope, Nick's going to speak. No, 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 in February, nice. apparently, uh, hi thumbs. On this week's show, you talked about Real Mist and how it experimented with control schemes. I just wanted to chime in and mention an interesting thing I observed while watching an extensive playthrough of that game. At first, the player chose to use the full WASD controls, full WASD controls, because he wanted more freedom. But as the playthrough continued, he went back to the old point-and-click method. By the end, he only used WASD for quicker movement by cutting corners while backtracking. The reason he did this is because he discovered how easy it was to miss important interactables when coming onto a new scene without the prescribed position and viewing angle. I found this fascinating, and I wonder if some modern games would benefit from having point-and-click controls or even defaulting to them with this in mind. Keep casting the great pods, Stephen Figbird Thomas. I don't know. I, I think the more, probably the, the like larger point is that sometimes it can be good to just step back and rethink the like accepted control mechanisms you know like when uh, we've talked about resident evil 4 and its controls before for sure but that game using its weird input mechanism rather than what what i think by then was already a totally standard dual stick mechanism like really gave that game a totally different feeling and like a very specific and unique vibe that i don't think it would have had with them with because you know resident evil 5 had a had the more traditional control scheme and you can just fly yeah. through that game in a totally different way. Yeah. Didn't it? Didn't RE5 have normal dual stick? Yeah. I can't even remember. I think it did. You could you could strafe. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Whereas 4 had like the weird 180 turn controls. Yeah, it had like tank, yeah, tank controls basically. Yeah. 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 I wonder if something like Gone Home would work well with real mist style one button. I bet that game would actually be oh, yeah. pretty playable like that. Especially yeah, for a person who doesn't want to have to, to waz it up. That would, yeah, that would actually be totally worthwhile to try in that game because click like to Google Map or to Google Street View style navigate right. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. through through that game because yeah. there's surely I'm I'm to- I'm just I would be shocked if there were not people who heard about that game and tried to play it and just found the WASD controls overwhelming because they simply 
I just don't have experience with that control scheme because it's a totally weird, arbitrary control scheme. Mm-hmm. And if you don't already play games that are like it, it's just strange. You know what's strange is just going back to VR stuff, like the the thing that they're doing to get movement into VR games, like the sort of like it's all node to node, right? It's no, well, it's yeah, or click on the ground where you, you want to go and you, you zap there. Yeah, you use the point, you use the controller to point at a place on the ground, and then you just like instantly warp. Uh, it's because people were barfing uh, and stuff when they when you try to waz it around, right? But like. I guess I, I wonder if anybody's tried the just point and then the character walks, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm sure people have tried it. Yeah, I almost would prefer that. There's apparently all sorts of like, a lot of what doesn't doesn't make you get motion sick. Obviously, it's subjective, but also mm-hmm. things like what feels good on like in a in a first person game with a gamepad or with a mouse and keyboard is to like accelerate you in and out of moving and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. apparently that. In VR, like if your character starts off slow and like whoa, ramps up yeah. into a smooth move, just makes you get car sick immediately. Whereas like really shitty poppy movement does not. Hmm. So like I don't know. Yeah, Weird. man. On that note, I had a I had a really distressing experience the other day. So uh, I'm the reason I'm going to Moscow is because I'm giving a talk on Firewatch, which you know Jake and I shipped that game with obviously a bunch of other people in February. I think right. Yeah, February and nice. uh, and. So as part of my talk, I'm taking some video of the game. Um, I have to take new video because I want it to have Russian subtitles because I'm doing it in Moscow. And so I'm capturing video for it. And I hadn't um, I hadn't loaded up the game in like, I don't know, probably a w- at least a week. And, um, and I loaded it up and I just started doing some of the climbing stuff. And I got hit by like a wave of what I would imagine is like really light motion sickness. And it totally fucking freaked me out because I've never had oh, motion sickness in a game before. Start of like, yeah, I've never had that. Like in first-person mm. games, like in anything, no matter what the control scheme. And I'm like, oh my god, am I just hitting an age? Like, I I, I, same... I worked on that game for like two and a half years and I didn't right. have any problems. And then I like went a little time without doing so that. Were you then... like sitting really close to the screen or anything like that? Because uh, if I lean really close to first person games, uh-huh. it does make me a little sick in a way that it doesn't. Oh, maybe. Yeah, Here's the other thing. You might have been dehydrated. Hey, so this, this is the thing yeah. I've noticed. This is the thing I've noticed. When I come here to do the podcast, I always take a cab because I'm like super far across the city and I, I'm not smart enough to get up early enough to actually take the <laughs> bus. Um, in certain brands of cars uh, in the back seat now, I will get car sick um but i've realized certain yeah makes, like, like certain yeah, yeah, yeah like prius like a prius i will okay. i will i will get car sick but only if i'm like dehydrated like today because huh. i drank yesterday right a lot uh i'm incredibly dehydrated and i know this and so like i've done sort of trial and error like why am i getting because i was getting nauseous all the time like i was doing the podcast feeling awful for like a couple yeah. of straight weeks um it showed up in the final product yeah <laughs> yeah well uh Anyway, um, yeah, so dehydration, huh. I think, actually does factor into things like this. No, I totally buy that. I buy that for sure. Yeah. Also, I wonder if Priuses make you, is it like when they're when they're in electric mode? Because there's, there's, there, there's, there's something weird about, that, well, it's yeah. so smooth, like yeah. which is cool, but also it's probably kind of weird the, the because I think your thing, body yeah. doesn't understand, like, why am I going mm-hmm. faster when there's no, like, yep. rumbling or sound or anything to, yeah. A lot of it for me is the amount of space that I have that is, that I can see out of. So like if I'm in the back seat of a car mm, mm. and the, like the viewport out the windshield that I get is really small. It makes me barfy. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, what makes you barfy? <laughs> this episode's brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Kyle Eckerstrom writes, 
Uh, hi, Thumbs. I've been listening to some old episodes recently. Uh, this this email's from February. And in the conf grenade, you guys mentioned that Peter Molyneux predicted, quote, the godfather of games by the year 2016. The time is nigh, so which game fulfilled the prophecy? Idly yours, Kyle. Goddess. <laughs> oh, goddess. Oh, goddess. goddess. <laughs> That's why he called it goddess. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... Man, people used to industry luminaries used to make a lot of predictions about the such and such the of games by games so by, year. Yeah. yeah, because because um, what's his uh, uh, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg yeah. predicted a game would make you cry by whenever, and we had the year of PS3 in 2015 and the Godfather of Games by 2016. I mean, I'm sure there have been tons of other mm-hmm. such predictions. Do we still get those? Are there now people predicting the? game of whatever by 2030 or something does that i have no idea probably so what's the godfather of games the godfather one of games is uh probably battlefield one (laughs) (laughs) oh man can you imagine godfather (laughs) one being announced as like a a reboot franchise reboot i can actually maybe they'll just call it (laughs) it's beyond stars they would yeah godfather one as opposed to the godfather i guess god it would be a stars miniseries yeah it would be be like they would just like mario puzo's godfather sex and violence yeah just like the trashiest degree Mm -hmm. yep so the godfather of games is godfather one a stars original miniseries the game (laughs) an episodic game series by american mcgee by by american mcgee yeah yeah the the godfather of games uh, is godfather one episode one yeah (laughs) (laughs) american mcgee mcgee presents mario puso's godfather one episode one uh releasing 2016 it's probably gonna slip but you know yeah uh okay Forgotten Software, Forrester Maripan writes, Hello, everyone. This is from March. Longtime listener to the podcast and a big fan writing to tell you about a two-week crusade I've been on. I've been looking for a particular piece of freeware. The game in question is a Metroid-like game where you play as a girl waking up from a stasis pod on a crashed spaceship trying to figure out what has happened to the crew. I don't remember the game that well. I played it way back in 2009 or so, but I wanted to revisit it. My pursuit of this game has led me to great discoveries in the darkest corners of the internet. Freeware games like Well of Souls that are relics of late 90s, early 2000s internet era still have relatively well-preserved websites, and individual authors like Cactus Squid Games have some of the most bizarre but enjoyable free games around. There's a problem, though, because for every promising link I find to some strange, interesting corner of the internet, there are three more that lead to dead websites with the freeware game I was looking for nowhere to be found. I've heard talk of bit rot and preserving games, but I only hear people talking about preserving full, traditionally released games. This is the first time I've encountered bit rot when looking for something specific, and I may have to just accept that this neat thing may not exist anymore. I feel like these pieces of freeware are the most likely to be forgotten, and to me that makes them the most important pieces of software to preserve. What are your thoughts on disappearing freeware? Is it important? Am I looking for value where there is none? Regards, Forrester. P.S. Here are the two of the websites I found. Note that synthetic reality looks really ripped straight out of straight out of an old Angel Fire webpage. So he links to cactussquid.com and synthetic-reality.com. Yeah, that's a that is a that is a really interesting area because there's no like by their nature these games are much lower profile and therefore don't necessarily have large passionate communities that are just sort of like inherently dedicated to preserving them. Mm-hmm. The way that anything that was like a part of a generation's childhood or something does. Yeah, it seems like the sort of stuff that the Internet Archive tries to preserve, but they only are really able to do it when people 
come to them and say, I have a huge old FTP server that I took offline that's right. got a hundred of these. And, you know, yeah. it's it's such a hard thing to wrangle individual individual ones of. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember? Do you guys, I feel like I have a, a memory of the game he's describing, by the way. Well, of Souls? I don't. No, I don't. no, 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 no. What? Oh, wait. Oh, is that actually the game he meant? No. What game was he talking oh. about? The well, Metroid alike? Yeah. He said. It's a Metroid-like game where you play as a girl waking up from a stasis pod on a crashed spaceship trying to figure out what happened to the crew. I feel like I played... I feel like Steve Gaynor linked to this game when it came out, and I played it as a result, as a result of that. Hmm. But I could be thinking of a different game, and I just can't place it. You'll never know now. Well, I might. You will, because people will probably write, write in the forums to, what it is. To questions at idlethumbs.net. And when we yeah. read it in a or year, in the forums. we'll know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, Matthew uh, Dujnik... Saying that wrong, I'm sure. Says, uh, "Hey, Thumbs, did you probably catch the news that Ink, the scripting language behind Inkle's award-winning game 80 Days, is now open source? Um, have any of you gotten a chance to play around with it? Any thoughts? Best MJD. Yeah, the way that it, the thing that I that stuck out to me, if I remember correctly, is the way that v- variant versions of sentences are formed and stuff yeah. seems very interesting and not the way that you expect it from it video not games. At all where what I thought in, usually when people write stuff like this in games, you expect just like." duped versions of every branch whereas this has like markup language inside of a sentence for how to how to make a sentence or a paragraph edit itself in line basically to match various outcomes it's it's really cool it's yep. awesome yeah, yeah it was much more clean than i expected yeah, yeah. it's very cool yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i've seen i mean on the other hand the script is crazy looking like i've seen yes. yeah it yes, looks it excerpts of the script that uh meg jayanth wrote for the game and it's bananas it looks like it's, nothing else but it, yeah. it also looks like if you can get your head wrapped around yeah, how it works, you can make it. really cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Yep. It's um, very different than like Twine or something, that which is mm-hmm. what I was expecting. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, all right, uh, I guess one more, and you guys want yeah. to call it? Okay. Um, Chris writes, hey guys, if you haven't seen it yet, a dude thought it would be a good idea to teach robots how to dodge swords. While watching this, I can only imagine this technology combined with the gun-wielding quadcopter and Cry for Mankind. Cheers, Chris. And then he links to a YouTube video that I watched, which is a quadcopter, you know, one of the four rotor yeah. drone things. And the guy, there's a guy with a, like, like a fencer. He's got the, the epee or whatever you call it, the fencing sword. A foil. A foil. You know what it is? Yeah. yeah. And he's like thrusting and swiping or whatever at the, at the drone and the drone is dodging it. It's really weird. So that drone is a like Dark Souls enemy. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. It was really strange because it, it actually, because of the way they work, you know, they're, they're autonomous hovering in air so when it dodges out of the way it sort of it always you know overshoots the target a little bit because there's momentum and then it corrects and moves back and it it makes it look so much like a fluid living thing um it's creepy it's weird i mean looking at the video i felt like okay if this guy was really going for it he could i'm sure he could get some hits off on this drone but the but like its ability to completely accurately detect the position of the little tip of the sword Mm -hmm. was amazing, especially because when it backed up, it never backed up farther than it needed. So it was, you know, Mm -hmm. if the guy like did a thrust right into the robot, the robot would back up, but never more than a couple inches past where the sword is. You know, it it wouldn't just back up super far to get away from it. It would back up just far enough to be out of reach and then stop. And that was creepy as hell. This is why we're all going to die. It's because people just aren't going to be able to help them. Like they just can't. It's like, I know about fencing. What if I impart this knowledge to a robot? Like (laughs) they can't help themselves. 
when the signs on all the drones flip over and say Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this episode of Idle Thumbs. <laughs> Shake slapping what? because nobody's That was like just the most like <laughs> just wrapping it up really professionally. It's really nice. I, I ruined it by laughing. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like seems like this episode has run its course. Yep. Um, you can find us on the internet at idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at idlethumbs or on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. You can write us email to add to this pile of email at questions at idlethumbs.net. And like we said, the Wizard Jam is going on right now. So if you head over to the Idle Forums, go to idlethumbs.net, click the forums link, and there is a whole uh, Wizard Jam subforum that has everyone's in-development game progress and you know team-making thread and uh, the rules, and there are not very many rules, but you know everything else is in there, and it's really cool. And, uh, oh, by the time you hear this, the new episode of the Idle Book Club should be published. Um, Sarah and I talked about the man in the high castle, which we both really, really enjoyed. So that was a fun discussion. Also, if you're looking to get it on this Dark Souls stream bullshit, check it out this Sunday. If Nick does it, there'll be info in the. There's a streaming thread in the Idle Thumbs forums under uh, Idle Thumbs episodes. Yeah. Yep. And look there for the latest news mm-hmm. on how much rum Nick is going to imbibe while <laughs> killing skeletons. Hopefully less. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right.